Good evening. Time to begin our services tonight. We'll begin with number 663. I got lazy. I didn't venture very far through the book, so these are all pretty close together. 663. Sunshine in my soul today. probably didn't notice if you weren't using the book like John Kelly. I skipped verse 3. There's springtime in my soul today. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Good evening church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. Uh, this coming Sunday, uh, Life Group 4, that's Jerry's Life Group, will be meeting up front after services uh, Sunday morning. Also, Life Group 3, that's Jeremy's Life Group, will be meeting after Sunday services in the middle auditorium for soup and sandwiches. Um, uh, so please stay for that and also bring something to share. And uh, let Connie know as well uh, what you're bringing, if you're bringing soup or sandwiches. So that way she... Or dessert. Or dessert. Yes, definitely dessert. I think if you bring soup and or sandwiches, you need to bring dessert with it too. So that way double desserts but um, please see Connie so you can, so she knows what we have most of um, also there's a deacons meeting uh, that evening as well so all deacons please uh, put that in your schedules um, also uh, next Friday uh, nerf battle here at the building for all ages at six o'clock and also if you have a child there will be a youth committee meeting 
here up front during the potluck uh, to discuss the 2024 calendar um, of events coming up. So please uh, put that in your schedules if you have anybody in the youth. Um, also, Saturday, February 3rd is the chili cook-off at 2 o'clock. A uh, couple things that um, if you can help out with, uh, CYC is coming up at end of February. We're needing snacks for that. If you can help out with that, there's a sign-up sheet on the foyer board. Um, and uh, when you bring your snacks in, just place them in, near the TV that's in the foyer. Um, also, uh, Blake and Mally are going on mission trips uh, with free, not free, David, wow, with Harding. I forget what, what, what school my kid goes to. Um, with Harding, and uh, if you can help support them on their mission trip, greatly appreciated. Uh, see either uh, me or Mike uh, if you can help out with that. Updates are on our prayer list. Remember to continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers. Um, as he still, I think he said he has, doesn't have tests done for another three months. So that's good news uh, for him. So keep him in your prayers as he continues with uh, just regular checkups um, for the doctor. Also keep uh, Jim Martin in your prayers. I don't know if you saw on Facebook, but uh, he has COVID now. So it seems like as soon as he's going up, he's going back down. Um, so keep uh, Jim Martin in your prayers. He's not doing too well right now. So, uh, and keep Cliff Osama family in your prayers as well. Continue to keep Jackie Hutchinson in your prayers as she continues with her cancer treatments. Uh, keep Roger Kaufman in your prayers as well. Um, as he's still in, uh, in the hospital, uh, that he will get better soon. Also, um, keep Friday Simpson in your prayers as she uh, continues uh, with her lung issue. And also, um, I'm sure you saw on Facebook, but um, uh, there's a family at Barbersville Church of Christ, uh, Ashley Farrell and John Farrell. They have a little baby um, with uh, Down syndrome that has two holes uh, in their heart. In their heart. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure that family and, and child's going through a tough time right now. So keep uh, that fam keep the Farrell family in your prayers. That's all the announcements I have. Is there? Yes, sir. Elders deacons meeting after Sunday night service. Um, all deacons to be there. And elders. Anything else? All right, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here, to make it here this evening, Lord, to learn more about your word. Lord, I pray that we take what we learned this evening, Lord, to be able to apply it to our everyday lives. So that way we continue on being a shadow of you, Lord. Help us to reach out within our community, Lord. Help us to help and guide and direct us in everything we do in our lives, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful that, that we have warm places and a roof above our head, Lord. But we ask you to be with those who are less fortunate than us, Lord. We ask you to that you be with them, give them warmth. Give them shelter, Lord, during these cold nights. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders here at Rome, Lord. Be with them and let us be an encouragement to them. Help us and help them, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with all our sick. Be with 
Jimmy Wilgus and Jim Martin and Jackie Hutchison as they continue with their cancer treatment, Lord, and so many of our Jim Haney and so many others that are dealing with cancer at this time, Lord, as we ask you to be with them and be with the nurses and doctors who are taking care of them, Lord. Lord, we ask you to be with Roger Coffin, Lord, and, and be with the nurses and doctors who are taking care of him, that he will get better soon, Lord, and, and continue his work for, for you, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with the Farrell family, Lord. We know what they're going through is tough, Lord. To have a small one going through something like that, Lord. But we ask you to be with them, put your hand on them, and comfort them during this difficult time, Lord. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Let us be an encouragement to them. Let us let them feel... Let them know that we're praying for them and we're, they're always on our hearts and our minds, Lord. We ask you this time to continue to be with our youth here at Rome. Help them grow. Help them grow in your word, Lord. We ask you that they will always stay true to your word and use your word for wisdom and guidance in their every single day life. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with us. Most of all, Lord, we are so thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross for us and your love and forgiveness that you have for us, that you sent your son to rise again. That way one day we can spend eternity with you, Lord. We are very lucky. We can, I know, Lord, sometimes we take that for granted, but help us not. Be with us the rest of this week. Forgive us, Lord, when we do sin. It's in Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Number 676, 676, if you're using the book, go ahead and put your marker there because 674 is song of invitation tonight, 676.
lesson tonight, number 684. 684. Would you stand, please? This world is not my home. A couple of uh, evenings ago, we took the youth group to uh, Charleston, to the skating rink in Charleston. There's a little bit of flurries going on on the drive down there. Not terrible, but when we got into Charleston, um, this snowflake landed on, our, on, our, uh, on Kelly's side of the, of the car. I just upgraded to an Android, so my camera's a little bit better than hers now. I don't make fun of her at all, and she doesn't use it, but occasionally. But uh, she did like it for this picture. She's a way talented photographer, way better than I am. Um, but uh, she took this picture, and I thought, man, how cool is that? It's like if you focus in on this picture, you'll see that uh, you, you can kind of see the design of the snowflake. You, you can kind of see the, uh, the, the different branches and how it all shoots off. And it reminds us, of course, that uh, each snowflake is unique and that each person is unique. He created each one of us with certain abilities, certain interests. Um, and so each one of us is unique and that the body is made up of individuals, Right that the church needs every component to be working properly to be the best congregation that we can be. So as we think about being individuals, we also need to think about 
how each one of us play into the greater whole. Because each one of us are necessary. Each one of us are essential components to this congregation. No one's left out. Uh, each one of us has different talents. But each one of us plays into, with those talents, the greater part of the kingdom. So I was thinking about that snowflake and, uh, and how each one of them is unique. And I, I ran across this guy. His name uh, is Wilson Bentley. He was the first guy to ever photograph a snowflake. Isn't that interesting, right? Um, he grew up in Vermont, a little, little city called Jericho, Vermont. Uh, they get around 39 inches of snow every year. About 25% of their year, snow is on the ground there in Jericho, Vermont. And when he was 15, he began looking through uh, his microscope. His parents bought him a microscope. And when he's 15, he starts looking through his microscope at snowflakes. Uh, and he's trying to sketch them, but as snowflakes do, they melt. And so he wasn't able to finish the sketches. And it's very frustrating for him, but... He keeps at it, keeps trying to sketch, keeps getting faster and faster, and he never makes it, uh, the full sketch. But when he's 17, his parents get him a camera that attaches to his microscope. And so now he can take pictures uh, of what these snowflakes look like. And across the next 30 years, I did the math wrong, across the next 45 years or so, he's going to take 5,000 pictures of snowflakes. Cool, right? Uh, he's going to write a book. And you can still you still get it today. It's called Snow Crystals. I checked on Amazon. It's like twelve bucks. But uh, it's it's these it's pictures like this. These are some of the pictures he took across a about a forty five year span. Uh, interestingly enough, in nineteen thirty one, uh, at age sixty six, he's headed home from uh, from some event he's been to, and he gets caught in a snowstorm and has to walk the five miles from his house. Uh, or from the event to his house in this snowstorm, and he, he, he succumbs to pneumonia about two weeks later. So, uh, interestingly enough, snow, the study of his life, is probably ultimately what killed him. But the, uh, these pictures of, of the snow is kind of what I wanted to focus in on tonight and how, how uh, snow, snowflakes, and all these different components are so interesting and, and remind us so much of ourselves. When you get enough of these little guys together, enough of these little snowflakes together, uh, they can change everything, can't they? Some of our kids woke up on Monday and thought, everything's changed. Today I don't have to go to school, right? And so for the next couple of days, they didn't have to go to school. And for parents, well, changed some of the things for you guys too, didn't it? A little bit, right? So if you get enough of these little things together, they change everything. They change the activity. Uh, that you were going to be involved with that day. When you get enough of Christians together, we can change everything too, can't we? Interestingly enough, it doesn't take billions of us to get the job done either, does it? If you remember Gideon's story, how many, how many did it take for Gideon for God to work the uh, to get the job done through Gideon? It was only three hundred, wasn't it? Up against most likely hundreds of thousands. Of soldiers, 300 were able to conquer. You remember even a smaller number, David's 30 mighty men were able to accomplish incredible feats. Turn the, the, they were able to turn the tide of battle in his favor several times. Even a smaller number, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to affect their culture, weren't they? They, they helped bring um, 
faithfulness to a nation that had not yet known it. Only three men, but they changed everything. You think about Paul, only one man, and how much good for the kingdom he was able to do. Just one guy. But because of his faithfulness, he was able to do incredible things. That's the strand you see running through each one of these people's lives. It doesn't have anything to do with with numbers because God doesn't do math like we do math, right? I would look at hundreds of thousands on this side of the battlefield and 300 uh, 300 soldiers on this side of the battlefield and think, this is not going to go well, but it does. God accomplishes his will through small numbers so that we can see that he did it, not us. That's, in fact, what he tells Gideon when he tells him to keep on cutting down his forces. That's what he tells Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul wants a thorn, in his, <coughs> excuse me, a thorn in his flesh to be removed from him so that he can be even more effective. God says, do you remember? My grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. He doesn't do math like we do math. He doesn't need a ton of people. What he needs is faithful people because he can do incredible things through just a small number of faithful people. But faithfulness is the ticket. Faithfulness is the key. It's the, the linchpin through that holds all the other factors together. The numbers don't matter. He can do incredible things through one person or three people or 30 or 300 or 3,000. The numbers don't matter. The faithfulness of the people is what matters. So we're reminded as we, as we think about snowflakes, you don't have to look very far, do you, to be reminded of snowflakes. But as you think about snowflakes, you're reminded that you get enough of them together, they can change everything. That's true about Christians too. Notice what happens when you put snowflakes under pressure. Has anybody done that today, this week? My kids have been doing that all week. <laughs> been putting snowflakes under pressure, right? Been making snowballs and throwing them at each other. and Had a good time sliding down the hill right behind the church building last night. Uh, that was fun. But if you put snowballs under pressure, or snowflakes under pressure, you get a snowball. Because of the heat and the pressure, the individual snowflakes have melted, and now all you have is a snowball. When one of us is hurting so bad, we lose our individual individuality. We're one body. When I'm happy, you're happy. It's when I'm uh, hurting, you're hurting. We are. We're one. We're one unit. You can't. You, you shouldn't be able to separate us. That, that's how close God's family is, like a compacted snowball. Once you do that, you try to pick out the individual snowflakes, and it's impossible, isn't it? You, you've, you've put the pressure on it. And when we undergo pressure, you know what ought to happen? The family surrounds, right? When one member of the congregation is rejoicing, you know what happens? We all surround, and we become one unit you can't separate the individual snowflakes again. They, the pressure's been put to them. It should be impossible to separate us as Christians as well. Importantly, you should know that if you separate a snowflake from the others, you know what's going to happen? We, we've done this a couple times. And so have you. You've walked into your, your house with a little bit of snow on your boots. 
right? What happens? You walk through a minute or two later with your, with your shoes off, you got a wet foot, don't you? <laughs> right? When you separate one snowflake or even a snowball from the rest of the snow, it melts. Same thing's true for Christians, isn't it? We don't do good on our own. We need each other. We need to be in the middle of each other. We need to be involved with each other's lives. We need to be a part of the community here. Um, if you withdraw us from each other, it has disastrous consequences. Very quickly, Satan will melt you down. The amazing thing about snow is that if you put it back with the rest of the snow, what happens? It gets hard, doesn't it? It's undergo that it's under underwent that that pressure, the melting part, and now that you've returned it back to the community, if we can think of it like that, the the, the snow, you've returned it back to its element. What was once water is now something much, much harder. It's ice. It's much harder to to get rid of, isn't it? And so that person, once they've put themselves back into the community of believers, their faith is so much stronger because we push each other to greater depths of faithfulness. When Scripture talks about snow, he's going to use that as a metaphor, right? We'll flip over to uh, Psalms 51. Psalm 51. When God talks about snow, he talks about it, he uses it as a metaphor. It's for, uh, for purity, usually. So in Psalm 51, David has committed the sin with Bathsheba. He's looking for an opportunity. He's longing for an opportunity to be back with God. And he's terrified that God's going to remove his presence from him. And so he wants this connection back with God, so much so that... Uh, that in, excuse me, in this psalm, he's going to say, create in me a clean heart, oh God. He's saying, brand new. I need a brand new heart. The other one is so riddled with sin, it cannot be restored. But I believe that you can create a new one in me. But what I really want to look at is verse 7, the, the reunification when, when David submits back to God and he's reunified with him. He gives us this analogy in verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Did you look out your window last night? It's so bright, wasn't it? It's crazy bright. Um, it looked like one of the lights were on outside of our house, but it wasn't. It was just the moon reflecting off the snow, and it was creating so much light. It was so bright. That's the illustration he uses for one that's come back to them. Somebody that's completely clean. There's no, there's, there's, there's no uh, wrinkles. There's no, there's no mess. There's no grittiness. There's nothing left of the sin that used to so entangle us. He said, once you've been baptized, right, all that's washed away. Finally, David's great-great-great-great-grandson would bring this illustration to fruition at the cross. 
at that moment. And because of our submission to Him through the power of baptism, He's able to wash us whiter than snow. But it's only in that moment. And it's, it can't come anywhere else. <coughs> I love the illustrations that He uses in Scripture. And especially now as it's surrounded us, I hope this week it's, you're allowing yourself to be thinking about how God thinks about snow and how He thinks about you and the applications that snow has for Christians. So tonight, if you're struggling, we want to aid you in any way we can. If, if you need the prayers of this congregation, we want to pray for you that you can hold up to God's standard. If you need to be baptized tonight to have your sins washed away so that you can be whiter than snow, why don't you come tonight as we stand and sing? Now with me, please. Father in heaven, we come to you again this evening thanking you for this day, another day of life that you've given us. And, and Father, we're thankful for the time that uh, we've been able to come together this evening and, and study your word. And <clears throat> Father, we uh, pray that you'll help us all, Father, to, uh, to edify each other, to, uh, to build up one another, Father, that, uh, that we can do uh, good work in your kingdom. And and Father, we pray that uh, you will help us to uh, to be ready, Father, for that judgment day. We're mindful of those uh, who aren't able to be with us this evening. We pray for those, Father, who are 
mentioned in our bulletins and those, Father, we may not be aware of, and we just ask that you'll bless and comfort them. And be with us as we go to our classes, Father. Help us to, uh, to be good students of your word and help us, Father, to, uh, to understand and help us to do what you'd have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.